This is an RNZ podcast. To get to this point, what did you ask them? Did you, did you go out there and ask them what is it you would most like in order to keep you safe? We sought uh, feedback on any ideas that they felt would make a difference to frontline safety. Including guns uh, on the, hips? And we asked them broadly in terms of what all of their input was. And of course, um, you know, general arming is a conversation that emerges when you ask that question. That was the Police Commissioner Andrew Costa talking to News Talk ZB's Heather Duplessy-Allen on Tuesday afternoon, shortly after Eli Epiha had been found guilty of the attempted murder of police officer David Goldfinch in June last year. Epiha had earlier pleaded guilty to killing fellow officer Matthew Hunt in the same incident. And as you heard there, Heather Duplessy-Allen was keen to raise the question that arises in the media whenever police officers are killed or seriously hurt by offenders with guns should our police officers have guns on them too. The reality is our current style of policing keeps us safe in many ways um, that we need to carefully hang on to. Um, There's no jurisdiction that you would look to to say, you know, that's the answer. These are the people that we want to be like. And most other jurisdictions are armed. It is not the um, magic wand for safety. Now, as ZB hosts like to do, Heather Duplessy-Allen gave her own verdict on his response at the end when the interviewee can't respond. Appreciate it. This is Andrew Costa, Police Commissioner 9292 is the text number because I don't know about you. It doesn't feel like everything's being done if you deny them the guns on the hips um, and if that is what they want. The New Zealand Herald that day carried compelling reporting of the EPR trial across four pages with the grief of the family of Matthew Hunt front and centre. And last Tuesday, after the guilty verdict, Diane Hunt, Matthew's mother, said this to the media outside the court. The past two plus weeks have been harrowing for all of us listening to what happened to Matthew and Dave in such raw detail on Friday the 19th of June 2020 can't be described in words. But during those two weeks, parts of the media put that issue of arming the police front and centre as well. Good afternoon, Aotearoa New Zealand, and welcome to the Talkathon with me, Ryan Bridge. It has just gone six after four. It is the- that was a Magic Talk radio host, Ryan Bridge, during a fundraising Talkathon two weeks ago, which raised almost $350,000 for the Child Cancer Foundation. And among those helping him go 36 hours straight on the air was National Party leader Judith Collins. She took talkback calls on July the 15th, including this one from Brian. Would the National Party consider generally uh, allowing police officers to carry arms? And that was a tricky question for an opposition leader and a former Minister of Police nicknamed Crusher. The funeral for police officer Matthew Hunt had been held just the previous week and that trial for the attempted murder of his colleague David Goldfinch was underway at the same time. And during Ryan Bridges' talkathon, this was on TVNZ1 News. Terrifying incidents involving police and guns have left a man dead and some Auckland motorists traumatised. And One News said this was not an isolated incident. Official figures released exclusively to One News show guns have been fired at or presented to police dozens of times in the past two years. So with all that going on, it's no wonder emotions were high and the desire for something to be done was strong. But back on July the 15th, Judith Collins' answer to call up Brian about guns for all our cops was measured. Brian would have to be pretty careful about that because the population of New Zealand doesn't seem to want it. But certainly when I was the minister, we brought in the easier access for frontline police officers to get the firearms, either in their, lo- in their lock boxes and make their own decisions as to whether or not they take them when they got out of those cars. The other thing is too, you can't do this without the population actually agreeing. 
And three days later, it was no surprise that host Jack Tame asked the police minister, Porto Williams, this when she appeared on TVNZ's Q&A show. Who is responsible for decisions when it comes to general arming of the police? Oh, no, general arming of the police. I don't think our community um, supports general arming of the police. I certainly don't. That's a discussion for the community. Porter Williams went on to remind Jack Tame just how the controversial trial of the police armed response teams had been scrapped last year because the communities and the places they were deployed didn't approve. And policing with community consent was pretty much what National Party leader Judith Collins had backed on that magic talk show interview three days earlier. But three days later, Porter Williams was asked about it again. News talk today with Mike Adley and for Mike Hosking. Renewed calls to arm the police at all times on the front line instead of having guns in the boots and glove boxes of cars. But at that point, there were no renewed calls for guns on the hips of cops from any politician, any political party or community group or the police association. Mike Yardley wanted to know if pressure from lobby groups had prevented the minister from restoring the police armed response teams that were scrapped a year ago. Action Station, Just Speak and People Against Prisons Aotearoa. Do you respect those groups? Do they represent the public pulse? I'm speaking more of the Māori and Pacific communities for whom um, their interactions with the police over the years have not been, um, you know, uh, that great. It was indeed community groups largely representing Māori and Pacifica people and not the justice reform pressure groups, Mike Gardley name-checked there, which persuaded the police commissioner last year the armed response teams didn't have support in the places where they were deployed. He scrapped those trials six months before Porter Williams became the police minister last year, and the National Party at the time, by the way, supported that decision too. But when that interview was over, Mike Yardley rushed out an opinion piece for the News Talk ZB website and its sister publication, the New Zealand Herald. The police minister duck-shoved my suspicions by arguing that she was solely representing the concerns of Māori, Pacific and South Island communities, not the pressure groups. The whole interview could have got sidetracked if I'd got preoccupied over whom she says she's representing. She's the Māori and Pacific Minister of Police, apparently. But actually, Mike Yardley would have done everyone a favour if he had focused on that issue of who Potter Williams said she represented, because that became the racially charged issue that he and his fellow ZB hosts seized on subsequently, and the New Zealand Herald, and the National Party leader. Porter Williams did say she was representing the concerns of Māori, Pacific and South Auckland people about the armed response teams when Mike Yardley asked her about those justice pressure groups. So why are you giving these radical groups, Minister, the time of day? I'm not giving them the time of day. I'm talking about the communities that I represent, which is the Māori and Pacific communities, who told me loud and clear that um, you know the general arming of police, and particularly the ARTs, a real concern to them. But she didn't say she was solely representing Māori Pacific and South Auckland people as the government's police minister. But Mike Yardley chose not to clarify that apparently outrageous claim. Instead, he questioned Porter Williams as if she was the spokesperson for the pressure groups that he disapproved of so strongly. Can I just read to you something that uh, People Against Prisons Aotearoa said? This is the statement they issued when the armed response team's trial was canned. Quote, We are committed to disarming, defunding and abolishing the bloodstained racist institution of the New Zealand police. 
and the fact that Porter Williams herself didn't endorse that statement or that group at all seemed to make no impact on Mike Yardley, or the fact that such strident and loaded statements from vocal lobby groups like that are actually much more of a pain for a minister than they are for those who are irritated by them. But that didn't stop News Talk ZB and sister paper The Herald turning all of this into news together. A story on The Herald's website soon after, with the bylines of three reporters, began like this. Police Minister Portal Williams will not be backing down on her strong stance not to support the general arming of police because the Māori and Pacific Island communities she represents do not want it. And the so-called strong stance was actually one that every police minister of every government so far in recent times has also maintained, and it's not because of a connection to Māori and Pacific Island communities. But the Herald went on to say, Herald readers issued a strong message of disagreement in response to Williams' stance, and... A number responded saying they wanted to remind the minister she represented all New Zealanders and not just Māori and Pacific Islanders. Though, as we heard, Poto Williams never really said she didn't or wouldn't represent all New Zealanders as a police minister. And on the ZB website, that same story was headlined like this. Cops and public fume as police minister rejects permanent arming of officers. Though that really meant some ZB listeners and Herald readers getting in touch, among them, apparently, some police officers. The same Herald article quoted National Party leader Judith Collins as saying, People did want to retain the armed response teams last year, but the police minister gave in to a vocal minority, and that's something she repeated on RNZ's morning report the next day. Unfortunately, the police commissioner gave in to a vocal minority who actually doesn't have to live next door to these people. But Judith Collins didn't mention those objections when the armed response teams were canned more than a year ago, or, as we heard earlier, on Magic Talk Radio just six days earlier, when she told the host Ryan Bridge community consent was the crucial thing. Now, six days after that, Judith Collins was interviewed by Ryan Bridge again, this time on MediaWorks AM show, and she gave the same host a very different answer to a very similar question. So bring back the armed response teams, you say? Well, absolutely. Clearly, that needs to be done. We had the government basically pushing around the police and getting the police commissioner to stop that trial uh, when it was clearly needed, and we're seeing the results of some of that now. The police commissioner said it was nothing to do with the government, everything to do with the community's response to it. Are you oh, saying that, bollocks. Are you saying the government... You know, is... This is just total nonsense, and we heard this rubbish from him. Judith Collins wasn't asked for any evidence that the government had leaned on the police to make that call, and she didn't offer any. Next day, the Herald's front page asked this question. Armed police in New Zealand, is it time? And Judith Collins was back again on News Talk ZB, echoing Mike Yardley's disgust the previous day about Porto Williams failing to condemn campaign group People Against Prisons Aotearoa. And actually, to go and let, let a group like people against prisons Aotearoa attack the police like that and not even have the gumption to stand up for them. She's just got to go. Now the host of that ZB show, Heather Duplessy-Allen, told her listeners that was a bit over the top from Judith Collins, but she echoed Judith Collins' own press statement almost word for word when she told her ZB listeners this. She's the police minister. If there is a group that she is supposed to represent and certainly have the back of, I would have thought it's the police. I mean, she's the person who's supposed to go to the finance minister and the prime minister and argue for resources and funding to make sure that the cops can do their jobs properly. And surely, if there is a second group that she should be representing, it's the people of Christchurch East who elected her into parliament. 
but running the police portfolio with her local electorate in mind is not what a good minister is supposed to do, as a former political reporter, Heather Duplessy Allen, would surely know that. And advocating on behalf of police officers specifically is the job of the police association and not a police minister. Last Sunday, another ZB host, Kerry McIver, breathed more stale air into the issue with her column in the Herald on Sunday. I would have thought the police minister would have had the interests of police at heart first, then New Zealanders as a whole, and not just the sectors most dear to her heart. Kerry McIver began her piece by saying that when Portal Williams was appointed as the police minister last November, it was not a role that she had sought, and that was a detail in a profile of the new minister published by Stuff at the time. But that same article also said she was reluctant to talk about racism in policing. ZB's Kerry McIver, though, wound up her column last weekend with this. There must be nothing more disillusioning than hearing your minister rabbiting on about unconscious bias and systemic racism. But as far as Media Watch can tell from what's been in the media, Potter Williams has only spoken about the issue obliquely when asked about it directly by the media. She really isn't the one rabbiting on about race while professing to care about police officers' safety. Potter Williams fronted up on the News Hub Nation show that same day and was told this by the host Simon Shepherd. Frontline officers that we've been talking to, there's a couple of quotes here. It was in the intro. We feel she's anti-police, anti-response teams, armed response teams, and you need to get on the TV and social media and show you back the police. And given what police officers have suffered lately, how many of those unnamed officers really care about their minister getting in the media to back the police? Or does that matter more to parts of the media for their own ends?